Welcome everyone to uh, Sunday Forum at St. Luke's Church, downtown Atlanta. I am very, very happy today to be having a conversation with Neil Shem, who is the junior warden of the vestry of St. Luke's. He also chairs our return to 435 committee, and we'll talk with you about that in just a minute. We're here together to announce uh, one step that we are taking, a modest and healthy step to uh, begin uh, opening our church to people coming by and praying. So that's what we're uh, going to do, and we'll talk a little bit more about his committee as well. But for right now, welcome, Neil. Thanks for joining me for this. Good to be with you, Ed. Thank you. So, Neil, uh, let's get on into it. All of us are really eager to get back into that beautiful church and to uh, be able to be with one another to some degree as long as it's safe and healthy. So can you, uh, we'll get into talking about your committee in just a minute, but let's go ahead and talk about the plans as we have uh, approved them, vetted them, and are working forward to enacting them. Well, our, our first step um, is to have time for uh, prayer and meditation in the name. Uh, maybe a week ago, the diocese issued new guidelines that allowed us to actually go back into the nave with a limited number of people for a limited time. And so we are starting, hopefully that uh, we will start that on September 15th at noon. Um, and it will be a sign up will be required because we, unfortunately we're only allowed now to have 10 people. Uh, who knows? I'm, I'm hoping, actually, that by the time we get to December 15th, the bishop will let us have more people, and we'll be able to re react to that very quickly. But we, we ask that people come and come through our reception area. Um, they'll be greeted by uh, an usher uh, who will ask them to use hand sanitizers and direct them into specifically reserved uh, pews in the nave and they can stay for the, the hour uh, or less uh, than we have reserved the nave for, and, uh, and then leave through the church. Uh, masks are required. Uh, all the pews are more than socially distanced. If you can imagine our 10,000 square foot nave with just 10 people in it. Um, but I, I think, um, uh, I know today, I'll just speak for myself, today was my first day in the nave since March 10th. And I was there with Michelle, Jemmett, and Brian Hummel, and we were doing a walkthrough uh, of where uh, all the signage would be, directional, directional pieces. Um, and I think um, just being able to go back into the nave, even if it's just for time for prayer, meditation, uh, for 30 to 45 minutes or so, um, I think will be uh, enriching. Yeah, yeah. And so we, uh, we are going uh, to be publishing more details about how you go sign up on the website, um, where you arrive, be sure to wear a mask and all that, the sort of thing, the things we've become used to doing now. Right. Um, and so we're looking, we're looking forward to get, getting that going. Now, that's sort of phase one as we re-enter, but the, the diocese has also allowed, is allowing outdoor gatherings. 
So we can have uh, outdoor gatherings throughout the day in our memorial garden, uh, in the park. And we're working now uh, on the specific protocols of how we get people into the garden, get them into the park, where they park. Uh, so it's all sorts of details like that. Uh, we've had to work through uh, certain uh, cleaning requirements that the CDC and the diocese, is, the diocese uh, adopting CDC requirements um, has provided to us. And so we have, we have um, got a very large stash of masks for anyone who forgets their masks. Uh, we have the, uh, di the disinfectant products for the clean, for the pews that are being used so they can be safely reused sometime later. And of course, when we get, and hopefully we'll get to the point of doing this several times a day, that we'll move, the, we'll clean the pews between each, uh, each session and then move people into different pews um, as we go, as we go along the day. Uh, we've been recruiting ushers, volunteers. We've had some of a good response. And um, so we're, I'm, I'm actually, I wouldn't even say I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm very optimistic and looking forward uh, to the start. And I will say I am going to be one of the first volunteer ushers uh, greeting people just joyfully. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, I am going to be one of the first volunteer clergy to be uh, at the exit. And it's just so that I can greet people after they've had that experience of prayer. So many of us are eager. Um, so this, today was the first, we're obviously taping this before it airs, and today was the first day you were in the nave since March 10, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Well, how was it? Um, well, it looked just the same, <laughs> except for all the technology around that allows us to live stream. Yes. Um, as, we walked, um, as we walked down the center aisle, Brian was saying, I have to show you something back here. And of course, it was the whole um, online, the video streaming of our singer that yes. stands in the narthex. And, it, and when we do have the personal prayer time, that will still be sitting there. Everyone will see it. Good. And, you know, I, I think it's just a great testament to our technological resources. Yeah. And yeah. we've been able to pull that off. But I have to say, uh, the, the, it was... I tried not to cry. <laughs> I didn't. I really, I kind of, I steeled myself. I'm so with you, Neil. Keep going. Keep going. Um, but it was, you know, it was, it was just, oh, what a relief. Yeah. What a relief to be back here. What a comfort. Yeah. And, and, and as you know, Bobby Mays and I have done these stained glass window tours over the yeah. year. And I just, I hadn't seen those windows in, well, since March 10th. Right. And just to be able to stand there and, just gaze back and forth yeah. of, of all those, those beautiful windows that tell the story of the life of Christ. It was, it was a good morning. Good deal. I'm, I'm so grateful to, for you. Um, before we talk about you and your committee, I do want to underscore something, and that is the details of both of these ways of gathering, the coming by and praying and meditating in the room, and also gathering outside, still with small 
numbers yes. and with mitigating factors. All of the details of that are going to appear both either in um, uh, the shepherd's voice or the shepherd's notes or in the announcements on Sunday. Yes. Um, so um, don't start calling and registering right now. There's no, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Michelle Jemin is still working on the registration system. Very good. And I just want to underscore that the registration system <clears throat> helps us with contact tracing. Yes. Just in case you go, you take it from there, please. But, well, we, we will be setting up, we'll know where, who is in the room and on outside at any particular time. And in fact, actually where you're sitting, who you're sitting near, so that if some, something does develop, is there, if there is a case and we have to go through contact tracing, we'll have all the information and we'll be able to follow up with it very quickly. Good. I do think there would be an, an immediate question right now, Neil, that you can answer, I know. And that is, do I have to come by myself and sit in a pew by myself? Or can I bring my spouse or a member of my family, whatever? No, you, you can, you know, the, the, uh, the concept of pod, yeah. I'm sure you've heard of. It's, you know, family, people that you're currently interacting with um, on a close basis, your uh, husband, wife, partner, children, and you could all come and sit in the same pew. Excellent. I think, that, I think it's going to be very, very moving. I'm, I'm actually quite moved right now just imagining being in there with others. Because um, when I'm in the room, I'm there by myself or with Matt Brown. And I imagine everybody in their uh, conventional real estate because everybody kind of has a place that they like to sit. And so I have an imagination of where you and your wife Sharon are sitting and et cetera, et cetera. So it's really going to be wonderful. We are embodied people. And the incarnation is central to our Christian faith that God became embodied. And I love the fact that we're yearning to get our bodies back together and that we are taking our time being very careful doing that. So that leads me to ask you questions about your committee. The vestry um, early on decided that it would really be wonderful for us to have a committee overseeing our compliance with the CDC regulations, the Dazazen regulations, the city and the governor regulations, and uh, the vestry in its wisdom asked um, Neil Shem, who is uh, an amazing legal mind and attorney, uh, to gather together some people, both in staff in the parish and including public health officials. So will you tell us about the, the nature of your committee, how you constituted it, who's on it, and what you do when you gather us together for meetings? Well, um, yeah, let me start. We have people from um, the public health sector. We have two CDC epidemiologists who were a member of St. Luke's, uh, Ashley Folks and Jenny Malucky. Um, we have um, two physicians, uh, one Ashley Orr, who is an emergency physician, Piedmont, um, I, typically consulting with Ashley via email since he is now working in uh, a Piedmont emergency facility in LaGrange. Uh, and then uh, Lisa Boswell, who is a psychiatrist, and I have to say very, very helpful giving us the feedback, the feedback that she is getting from the community and sort of filtering it through her, her professional lens. 
Um, and then, of course, we have um, Pat Brumball, our chancellor, uh, Jimmy Cushman, who I think manages like 44 property centers and had a great deal of experience in getting his tenants back to their business in the era of COVID. And then uh, Elizabeth Shales Caffey, our clergy representative. Uh, and then um, we have Michelle Jemmett, um, who Michelle Jemmett, Brian Hummel, and Elizabeth Moore of our staff, who are all very important because we come up with great ideas and great suggestions, but the, those are the folks that really have to make it work on the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're, and they're, doing, they're doing a great job. Our walkthrough today was really granular as to where are we going to place the, uh, the, uh, the exit signs, the directional arrows, all these requirements that, that um, both the diocese and the CDC have set out. So we think we're, we're going to be well prepared. And it, it'll be one thing that I'm really confident in is it will be a very safe experience. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be a really beautiful kind of, I'm calling it a mystical mixture of safety and devotion. I think it's going to mean so much to the spiritual life of people who can come. And then we'll be letting people know about uh, meetings and gatherings, even for uh, morning prayer, maybe even evening prayer services later uh, down the road, but pretty soon, right? Yes, pretty soon. Well, and in terms of other gatherings, uh, not, not even prayer service gatherings, we have already had requests to reserve the garden for groups of 10 or less for an EFM, EFM meeting, for example. Um, and I suspect they will be coming uh, more and more frequently. So, Neil, the next question is uh, the future. Everybody's interested in the future. Uh, when are we going to be able to do what? When are we going to return to normalcy? What is that going to look like? And I know that you don't have a crystal ball, and you are uh, definitely a sage, but you don't know how to predict the future. So, do respond to us maybe with a process answer about how you and the committee are going to be dealing with the question I just posed to you. Well, I think our committee will continue to propose to the diocese methods for distribution of communion because that is, I mean, there's a clearly a longing for, for communion in our, in our parish. Um, so we're going to continue pressing for that in a safe way. And as you know, we have made a proposal for that, and we're hoping we get something positive back, but we don't know. Um, I do think ultimately, and I'm not sure that it's going to be that far in the future, is that we'll get increased numbers per event. I mean, of course, that's all, that is all provided that we have a decrease in cases, decrease in positivity, decrease in hospitalization. As the bishop said, it's all data-driven. Yeah. Um, and we're starting in the right direction now. It's just unfortunate we're starting from a very high level. Right. Um, and then I think, I think we'll go into a next in-person phase where there is, there is a communion, is a Eucharist service with very small numbers, uh, with very controlled distribution of Eucharist. I mean, I've seen one example uh, of a church in New York who has opened 
and people line up six feet apart. They approach uh, the lay Eucharistic ministers. They take a, a uh, take a consecrated wafer and then step away so they can lower their mask and consume the wafer. I, I, I think that's probably after some sort of, I hate to say communion to go because that's not what it is. Right. Some way to have a distribution of previously consecrated wafers, which could be taken by someone, for example, who had been praying in the nave, could take one on the way out as they're greeted by a lay Eucharistic minister saying in the body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Um, but I think, I think that would be like phase two. Uh, and then the, I'll call it the New York model, which is far more um, like we normally see it. Right. And then, you know, the future beyond that is, I, I am not Nostradamus. I, uh, yeah. I, I couldn't begin to tell you when we're going to get back to the way we used to be. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Well, I'm so grateful to you, Neil. Uh, you are so careful and read all of these documents. God bless you with uh, an illegal eagle eye. And I'm deeply grateful to you. And at the same time, you're ready to lead us into innovations and proposals to the diocese. And let's keep moving forward. So thank you, my friend. And thank you for this little time today. Been my pleasure. And it has been a challenge. <laughs> I love the way you put that. Well, you've greeted the challenge with great joy and cheer. And God loves a cheerful, challenged person. <laughs> Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Sunday Forum at St. Luke's Church, downtown Atlanta. We are so thrilled that you are with us. We are going to have a wonderful and exciting, uh, energetic 45-minute conversation with some of my favorite people in the whole world, my colleagues who are going to be talking with you about new programming for the fall, also about the changes in what they've been doing throughout the summer because of this pandemic. The idea is to inform you, get you excited, and um, also for those of you who may not know absolutely everybody on staff to get some kind of sense of who they are. Now, the first thing I'm gonna do is simply introduce everybody uh, by order of appearance on the staff. And then once everybody's introduced and you know what their title and portfolio uh, are, then we'll go back and talk about their programming areas and ministries for the fall. So uh, the first person is the Reverend Elizabeth Shalls Caffey. She's the senior associate um, rector for education and liturgy. That may not be exactly legally the way it appears, but that covers her thing. So welcome, Elizabeth. Glad you're here. Thank you. I'm happy and excited to talk about this fall. Oh, that's wonderful. And then yeah. second in order of appearance is the Reverend Horace Griffin, who is associate rector for pastoral care and outreach or community ministries. And he'll get me precise on that. But the idea is he, he oversees all of our uh, outreach and also our pastoral care. 
Welcome, Horace. I love it. Horace is going to have to unmute himself. Horace, you're muted. <laughs> this happens, everybody. Which okay. I don't like to meet for that reason. Oh, uh, <laughs> thank you, Ed. I am the uh, uh, senior associate for pastoral care and community ministries. There you go. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Uh, Welcome everybody to our life. Um, I am imprecise and everybody on my staff is precise. So um, you've just seen that. Now, the next person who came on staff, uh, who's on the screen is Liz Beal Kidd. And I want to tell you that this was a very special moment in the history of St. Luke's and in my being the interim rector, because we were going to, uh, hire one person and while we were in the process we said oh no no, no. we need to hire two people and so liz beal kid is the director of children youth and families ministries and she has another full-time minister who is on her staff hey liz hey did i get to be here did i get yes. Thank you. Yes. Right. and then certainly not least uh, even though I, he is the newest colleague on the staff who's on this forum today, is Matthew Brown, our director of music, who has had an, an amazing uh, journey coming on. His first Sunday was in early February, and he got six Sundays, if, it, if that much, and then we had to go virtual and go home and all that kind of stuff, and he has been such a flexible professional champion. Matthew, thank you for being here. Glad to be here, Ed. Looking forward to this. This is this is gonna be fun. So everybody, what we want you to know are some of the exciting things that we have planned um, for the fall. And Elizabeth is gonna start off. So Elizabeth, it's yours, please. Awesome. Great. Well, I'm going to start by talking about education. So on Sundays, um, starting on Rally Day, which is September 13th, um, we are going to have our forums in the morning immediately after 10 o'clock church. So about 11, 11, 15. Um, and then on Sunday evenings, we're going to start to delve into our going deep classes. So Sunday evenings, we'll have... Um, the Sunday paper is going to reprise, and Jonathan Seri is going to be leading that, um, and that'll be throughout September, um, and you can join via Zoom link that we'll make available to you. We also have um, Martha Eskew, who has offered to lead a class on exploring the contemplative attitude, um, and this class is kind of, um, this offering has come to us because of a really intentional time, Ed, that I think you can talk a little bit more about of this group that um, practiced discernment together over the summer around three different areas, pray, serve, learn, 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 act. There we go. <laughs> um, and this was from the group that um, spent some intentional time together around prayer. And what came out of that time is they are really 
uh, yearning to continue to explore contemplative prayer. And so this is the first of several offerings that are going to be parish-wide that came out of, is part of the fruits of that discernment group, which I'm thrilled about. Um, and then Tony Johns is going to be leading us in a Bible study on the book of Revelation. That's what he gets for making a joke in staff meetings. <laughs> and then I got all excited and I was like, yes, let's do it. And he was a good sport and he's totally in. So that's going to be fun. Um, that class is actually going to be Monday evenings and it's from 7 to 8. Um, so we're going to have going deep both on Sunday evenings 5 to 6 and Monday evenings 7 to 8. Um, and then another class, one that I'm really, really, really excited about, um, Ellen Ott Marshall and I will be co-leading a um, Sacred Ground Circle. It's a Sacred Ground is a curriculum that has been offered by the National Church, and it's a film and readings-based dialogue series where we delve into um, race and faith. And it's a 10-part series. It's pretty intense. Um, there's a lot of prep time, so you have to watch some of the films. There's reading assignments for each class. And then we spend an hour and a half kind of in dialogue with all that we have taken in through the film and through the readings. Um, and so I'm so excited about that. That is going to be limited registration, only 14 people. But we can start a new group if there's more energy around it. So um, really, really excited to get going on that. That's wonderful. Now, are you going to uh, say some more about education and then go to liturgy? Or do you want us to go to another person and come back to you for liturgy? What do you think, Elizabeth? Oh, you know what? I left out things in education. Ah. Um, our EFM groups are starting back up on both Monday night and Tuesday mornings. And Horace Griffin and I will resume leading Wednesday Bible studies. It will be uh, noon to one on Wednesdays, um, starting uh, Rally Week. So that would be what the fifteenth, sixteenth, whatever right. that Wednesday is. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll continue with that as well. The sixteenth, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, right. um, yeah. I'm happy to circle back around to liturgy. Okay. Why don't we, uh, just for the sake of a different voice for right now, let's go to Horace. Horace, what are you excited about this fall? Well, I am excited I'm going to start uh, pastoral care in community ministries in my areas. So let me start with pastoral care. Some of you know that we did the COVID-19 grief support uh, groups this uh, past summer, or uh, I guess we're still in summer. And now we're moving into on September 15th, I'm excited that we're broadening that to include grief around death. And we've had several parishioners who've lost family members in this time that we haven't been able to gather. Some are still waiting for funerals or memorial services. So I thought along with Meg Moy, who's a therapist in our parish, will be co-leading that with me, that it's a good time to allow, to check in with parishioners through a Zoom and talk with them about what this time of grief is like for them as they grow through the, go through the grief work, ways that I can as a, a pastoral care priest be supportive along with 
the therapy uh, skills of Meg Moy. So I'm really excited that we're going to be able to attend to some of our parishioners who are dealing with grief in this uh, very difficult time. So that's one pastoral care group that I'm excited about. The others, given that pastoral care is a hands-on and we do visits and we do services, but because of, of this pandemic, we have been limited, but we're finding ways to work around. So Community of Hope, which you know is one of our big lay pastoral care groups, they will continue with calls and they are having Zoom meetings now where they're inviting speakers in. They're going to even look at race and racism in the fall, this fall to talk about how that impacts our health, all people. We have gone through some really difficult times uh, this year, particularly this summer after the death of George Floyd. And so they're going to be looking at what this has done to the health, the spiritual health, the me mental, emotional, and the physical health of those in our parish. So they're preparing that. So those are a couple of pastoral care uh, programs. And I should say that uh, this month of September, we're going to begin to invite parishioners in for prayer time. That's a pastoral care issue. So they will be able to come in and pray, have quiet time, hear some beautiful sacred music. And hey, you jumped the gun. <laughs> to go with them. Um, okay, I've moved to community ministries now. Uh, a couple of areas I'm excited about. We have about almost 15 community ministries. The first one I want to talk about is very timely. We have an election coming up in November and FAN, Faith and Advocacy, will be very involved in voter registration, continuing to educate people about uh, where they go to vote, uh, how they can check their status, and what we can do to facilitate that, whether we give them forms that they can register and have those sent to the polling elections office. So they'll be ready to uh, respond to this civic duty that we hold very dear and dearly in the Episcopal Church. So that's one in the other big community ministries group that I would like to lift up is Bridge Builders. So Bridge Builders is looking at a number of things to do uh, this fall and that would involve uh, a speaker as well as getting literature and video for their own personal use, but also to donate to the Ansley School, which is also a part of one of the ministries we have to, to get books that are very culturally uh, sensitive and uh, um, recognize brown and black kids so that they can be able to see themselves in the literature. So that's a couple of areas that I'm excited about. Thanks, Horace. I love all that. That's really magnificent. So, um, thank you. This Beal kid is um, one of the best children, youth, and families ministers in the history of Christendom. So, hey. <laughs> Liz, best intro ever. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 excites you about the fall? Oh, all sorts of things. So this weekend, my um, cohort Ethan Scott and I have been um, 
really experimenting in the virtual world. We have done virtual VBS and we have done a virtual youth program. And so we know what works and also a lot of what doesn't work. So I can tell you that the fall Sunday school program will be strictly what works and the key word being flexible. Um, our younger groups um, from um, you know kindergarten through uh, fifth grade are going to meet at nine o'clock in the morning and our older groups are going to eat, meet from 12 to 1 and both groups will have a YouTube channel video that we're going to make and we're going to send out to everybody hopefully around Thursday and then everybody can take their time in watching that and then when we come together for the zoom it'll be mainly check-ins and um, talking about the video so we'll be more um, mindful about the time that we're spending on line because we've all had it by then <laughs> excellent um and we're also doing things new things in different ways and old things in different ways such as the christmas pageant we're going to do that in a safe online way and uh, elizabeth shall's cafe and i've been talking about that and a little bit matthew brown too and we are going to be um having a virtual lock-in we're gonna be having lots of fun things to do as a group and community building. But really our Sunday school hour for the youth group is really not Sunday school. That's not a good word for it. It's gonna be youth group in that hour. Um, that We're just doing things different. We're just figuring it out as we go along. And I do know that you are staying in touch with our return to 435 committee Yes. About how you could do some gatherings outside. And as soon as you're able to announce that, you're going to be announcing that. I am chomping at the bit to announce that, <laughs> but I won't. <laughs> but, and also, and also kind of um, a little bit, uh, another thing is uh, we've all, everybody on the screen has been working about having a parent retreat where we can talk about some of navigating all of this. Um, and we're going to be doing some um, parent uh, Christian ed developments, um, like a one and done kind of thing once a month at least coming up too, because we're all needing help to navigate this. Absolutely. Um, I just want to comment that your virtual VBS was so very creative and people at other churches were using it for their vacation Bible school. Isn't that great? I love the fact it's that it's just so fun. And really, I, uh, you know, Ethan, my cohort, is very creative like that. And, um, and so we just, we had so much fun doing it. We were pirates for a week. I love it. And, and are they still available, by the, by the way? Uh, yeah. They, they are. So know, yeah. you can go to our website and go to the Children, Youth, and Family section and go to Vacation Bible School. Yes, and all in and all of the the um, little video. It's even easier. The little videos are all dotted down for you, and uh, and you can hear Ethan's songs and my stories and all sorts of things on there. And one more thing before we go to Matt Brown, I really love the fact that our children's chapel, which is at nine forty-five, it's available at nine forty-five every Sunday is being used by adults 
almost as much as children. We've got a lot of young at heart, children at heart <laughs> who are using that. Elizabeth Shiles Caffey raising her hand. She's doing that too. So thanks for all the innovation. Been nice. You and Ethan Scott, your associate, um, is bringing to all of this. So Matthew, I'm dying to hear about music. You have come in here with such energy and such professionalism, with such creativity. Just tell us what you're excited about. Well, Ed, I mean, everything turned upside down come March, I mean, with the pandemic. And uh, we've been really careful here to follow diocesan guidelines with music and singing and how all that works together. And uh, I am so excited and grateful to the adult choir uh, for coming along on the journey uh, with me with doing virtual choir opportunities. And it's just been a wonderful way for the community of the choir to stay together here and to provide music. Uh, one thing that I'm really, really excited about is that the parish is going to receive this great brochure in the mail next week outlining our inaugural Music at St. Luke series. And so for the fall, we're going to just kick off with an organ recital uh, by Charles Higgs, former associate organist here, and the adult choir will uh, virtually lead a service of choral evensong. I don't think I've ever seen a choral evensong virtually before, so this will be sort of a new and <laughs> exciting thing. And then in November for All Saints Day, I will feature the Austin Memorial Organ in our church, which is so beautiful, with a concert uh, titled Litany's Music for Remembrance, all French organ music. And then leading to, know, uh, to December, uh, we're gonna kick off a series of mini concerts in the nave uh, live stream each Friday during the season of Advent uh, for 30 minutes each. The first will be Elizabeth Remy Johnson, who is a wonderful member of our parish and she happens to be the principal harpist of the Atlanta Symphony as well. And then that performance will be followed the following Friday with a concert by the Atlanta Chamber Brass all fantastic musicians. And then we'll conclude that mini series with the uh, concert uh, titled My Soul Doth Magnify, uh, spirituals and art songs devoted to the Virgin Mary by a wonderful soprano from Salisbury, North Carolina, Teresa Moore Mitchell. And in addition to that series, we'll also have the beautiful Advent Lessons in Carol sung by the adult choir and our wonderful children's choirs led by my fantastic colleague, Colleen Kingston. I can't say enough about Colleen and the wonderful support she's provided me since I've arrived and she's been a rock star at mastering this virtual choir software and how we're able to do that. So I'm, I'm just so grateful to have her by my side. You know, Ed, I told you recently, she's like peas to my carrots. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy uh, to be able to work with her and um, and really, really grateful for all that we've got ahead for music this year at St. Luke's. Thanks, Matt. I'll tell you, I, 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 you've heard me say what I'm about to say a million times, but every week somebody writes me or texts me or calls me and talks about how they've been moved to tears by our virtual choir. Everybody was so hungry to see our choir members together and also to hear them singing, and you and Colleen have pulled it off. It is really, 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 really deeply moving. Thank you. You know, it, it's it's sort of a scary thing because it's not what a choir usually is. And so you're individually recording yourselves and then submitted it from your own home, and then it's layered on top of each other. And so it's really this 
completely foreign way of doing choir, but the choir's been fearless in, in tackling this, and I'm, I'm really just so grateful for them. Well, it really means a lot to the community, and it also, I think, means a lot to the visitors to our website. So thank you, Matt. You, you've had to pivot so much as a brand new person on our staff, and you've done it with a grace, and we're really, really grateful. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Now, we can come back to this, but we don't want to miss um, our liturgy. And uh, Elizabeth Shouse Caffey um, puts together some of the most meaningful and appropriate and compelling and um, poetic liturgies. She's just got, uh, she's a genius at it. So uh, Thank thanks for that work. And tell us a little bit about what you're excited about in terms of liturgy this fall. Um, okay. So, well, first off, we've been doing online, um, even, uh, not even song. <laughs> that would be Matt's category. <laughs> we've been doing online Compline and Noonday Prayers and um, have been supported by some great parishioners who jumped in for the summer to give Horace and I an opportunity to focus on some other areas so that we could get all ready for this fall. Um, and we so appreciate them. Um, but as Horace was saying, as a pastoral response to the community. <laughs> I, just can't help I know you couldn't, you spilled the beans. <laughs> We are going to be having a time of prayer in the church. Um, we are starting that on Tuesday and Thursday of the week of the 13th. So that would be Tuesday the 15th and Thursday the 17th. And it'll be during the lunch hour. So it's noon to one. You're gonna have to schedule, register, um, to come and participate in that. Um, and we anticipate offering more. Um, but initially, we're starting with two different days that we will be opening up the church for a time of prayer. You, um, we can come in for an hour. We're limited to um, eight people or less. Um, we're going to have ushers there. We're doing it as safely as possible, one-way traffic flow. Um, there's been a whole committee and our wonderful medical advisors who have helped us think through and talk through how to offer this in a safe manner. Um, so we're really excited to, um, to be able to be in a place where we can offer that to folks. Um, we are also going to try and begin offering some um, times for people to gather outdoors in some of our outdoor spaces um, and have prayer together as well. Um, and that, again, all of these things we have to register for online because we have to be able to contact trace, all that sort of stuff. And we really have to limit the numbers. Um, but we're really excited to see y'all face to face with your masks on. But to see people and be together and say prayers and, and have that spirit um, flowing around us where two or three are gathered or eight or nine or ten. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and then uh, there was, oh, 
We are also working on um, being able to offer some funerals outside and some other pastoral services outside. So we have um, a group, again, our and medical and baptism and baptisms. Um, but again, it's going to be gatherings of 10 people or less. And um, but we have this great support group of our return to Peachtree Street, 435 Peachtree Street, um, who are helping us kind of figure out how to do that safely. Um, so there's some movement. It has been slow to get there, slow for it to come from the powers that be. But as soon as we are able, we are gathering. So we're very excited. That's wonderful. This is a fulsome uh, <clears throat> program, and uh, these people who have so much brilliance and energy are, are leading us. So I'm going to say a few words about Sunday morning forums and also Wednesday nights, uh, Wednesdays at St. Luke's. And uh, please understand that <clears throat> everything we're planning, we're planning virtually and at the just, uh, we could pivot anytime to do it once we can gather back together. So we have our ears to the ground of science and public health every second, just to see what we can do in terms of safety and to promote the health of everybody. And uh, this coronavirus is really teaching us how intertwined our lives are um, because the health of one contributes to the health of all. And that's what we're keeping in mind as a community. So Sunday forums, many people will remember that last year we unveiled a roadmap for our educational offerings at St. Luke's. That is still guiding us. So we're doing uh, back to basics in terms of prayer book and Bible study on Sundays, as well as looking at the arts as well as looking at science, well as looking at cultural events and uh, the political world that we live in, which is, as somebody else has already pointed out, very appropriate because we have an election. You know, Horace was talking about our election coming up. And um, the, the title for all of this still holds because we chose as the title for our Sunday forums, On Earth As It Is In Heaven, conversations about God's presence in the world. And that's what determines who gets invited, is that they can help us see God's presence in the world, whether it's through science or theology or spirituality or Bible study or uh, art. So we'll continue that. And I'm very, very excited about what we've been offering this past summer and, and then what we have coming up this fall then Wednesdays at St. Luke's is one of my favorite things we do. Um, I grew up with Wednesdays at, at church on Sunday night. I mean, on Wednesday night at church. And uh, we've had that recently at, called Wednesdays at St. Luke's. And of course, we can't do that right now. But we're going to making the offerings of uh, a study, a PowerPoint study, in time for the people who are participating in it who from the choir can get to choir practice. And um, we are going to focus on Richard Rohr's newest book called The Wisdom Tradition, 
which is a different way of looking at church and Jesus than is oftentimes the popular way, but it gets back to the religion of Jesus. And just as a teaser, he says, no need in being frustrated about sometimes we make progress, progressive steps and then we have to, to step back. He said, that is not the biblical or Jesus way. Jesus way is about going in a circle of order, disorder, and reorder, and then we keep on going in a spiral like that. So we're going to unpack that and then be bringing in the wisdom of other theologians and spiritual uh, leaders who are really reflecting beautifully on the pandemic and what's going on with it. That will continue to be via Zoom, and as soon as we can gather, we'll simply get back into the parish hall and uh, the St. Luke's room and continue that way. And all you have to do is send us a note that you want to be involved, and we'll send you a Zoom link. Now, um, what else needs to be said, my friends? Um, unmute and tell me anything that's come up. Matthew, did you talk about how you're doing choir practice these days? Yeah, so what we've done, Ed, is we've divided the choir into two groups. So I'm rehearsing the sopranos and tenors in one session for 30 minutes on Zoom calls. And everyone, when they arrive, is muted on that call. So I can't hear what they're singing or doing, but I'm coaching them as if I'm thinking in my head what I need to be saying to them to, to get their sound just right and correcting vowels and things. And then the second session, I have a 10 minute break and then we have uh, the altos and basses are on for 30 minutes. And starting after Labor Day, Colleen is gonna be doing virtual rehearsals with our children and youth choir. So they too are gonna be joining in the fun and I, I just can't wait to see them. Exciting, I, can't, I, I am very, very excited about the children and youth choirs. So can I, yes, can I add one please, thing? Please. I just want to really, really, really encourage everybody to register, register, register. We need, and, and don't tell me you've gotten, you've had my email forever. I still need you to register now more than ever. Way to go, Liz. <laughs> does not, uh, that does not keep anybody from participating. We just ask you to, to, to register. Um, no, no, but you're going to get the stink eye from me if you don't register. I it. think that's fair. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, anybody have anything else to offer about getting ready for the fall? All right. I think we've done it. So thank you all for being with me. And uh, I don't know if you hear the thunderstorm in my background, but it's raining cats and dogs here in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, welcome to Zoom. And uh, we are really, really grateful that you have been with us. Um, and uh, see you next Sunday. <laughs>